What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today I am back with my top five bets for the weekend uh, in the world of mixed martial arts. And of course, it's the massive UFC 280 uh, this weekend. Two title fights. At least one number one contender fight. Maybe two, possibly. Uh, on this card, it's it's really, really good. as I suppose <laughs> as bad as recent cards have been, this is as good. This card, UFC 280, as well, uh, sorry, 281, which is coming up as well, are really, really good. Obviously, the rumors of John Jones coming back for UFC 282 as well. So, now, obviously, that's unconfirmable. What great times for the world of mixed martial arts, and there's some great fights coming up. Uh, as well, um, we over the last few weeks we've had we've had a very very kind of up and down betting show, and not, not in terms of even the bets because we've had good bets coming in almost every week. But fights falling out, missed weight, no UFCs, no big cards and stuff. So hopefully we'll get on a run here now where we have no one missing weight, no cards falling out, and, and everything goes well. Famous last words, <laughs> I suppose. But let's do it anyway. Um, before we get into the bets. Bet responsibly is the first thing I, I always will say here. But also news broke this week uh, about the uh, UFC fighters and teams and everything. I know, I know the um, the statement is out there if people want to go out and read it. Um, but they were uh, banned from betting. And it's a very, very interesting thing because uh, if you... So it's, it's probably very different in America than it is over here. Like when I was young, I grew up and like... The prohibition on betting like wasn't the thing. You could go down in my local town here. There's only you know a few thousand people, and there's a bookie here. You could go down and you can bet on you know Mike Tyson to win or Man United to win or you know the uh, the Packers to win the Super Bowl or whatever it might be. Or you could go into you could go to Dublin or go to Car anywhere you wanted to do it. Same in the UK and obviously in America it's a little bit different where you had to go to you know, Las Vegas or, or the other uh, places where you can bet to do it there. And now it's opening up in different states and, you know, there's be- uh, sports books opening up, I suppose, all over the place. And with what we had and we what was, because uh, uh, I suppose, commonplace in America, you had very different rules and what was normal, I suppose, for uh, the betting audience. Like here, if you heard about a Premier League player or whatever betting on a game, that's big trouble. Like, they're going to get banned, and, and it has happened to players. Uh, no, no name springs to mind at the moment, but it's. I guarantee you, if you Google it, it's multiple, multiple, multiple people. Uh, it's happened to down through the years. Some have got, you know, bans in terms of a uh, ban from the game. Some have other got, uh, got monetary bans, depending on what the, the betting is like. Um, and... Uh, to me, I think it was a surprise that this wasn't the case in MMA when I started getting into MMA. And I'm sure to people maybe in America, it was like, Asher, why couldn't they bet where we can normally bet? We can't bet in like our local towns anywhere or whatever. So it's a very interesting change while that has happened. And I think the, um, I suppose what's normal to a person will, I suppose, d- determine their opinion on this. To me, I'm surprised it hap- hasn't happened earlier. I know to a lot of people, it's probably like why they should be able to bet on themselves or bet on the fights if they want. Obviously, as long as they're not betting on their opponent or anything like that, which I think everyone will probably <laughs> obviously agree with. Um, and I, 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 I don't know have I like formed like a solid opinion on what it should be, what the, the rules should be. But 
if we're to look at the other sports were to look worldwide at sports and how they do it this is this is commonplace i would say and with america catching up in terms of how uh, betting is done um i think it was bound to become uncommonplace in mma in the ufc as well and i, I actually saw a tweet about um and I, I leave it on this for again to the bets. I saw a tweet about, I think it was about James Krause last week. And it was obviously a joke, but then it was, you know, just some, you know, Twitter uh, MMA fan or whatever. And they're saying, oh, James Krause give, giving Twitter advice to like go really hard, but not too hard. So my parlay doesn't come off. You know what I mean? And obviously that's a joke. And I'm not, that tweet wasn't suggesting, or I'm definitely not suggesting uh, anything about James Krause. But that's the ability to do that and the ability for fighters or coaches or whatever to like have betting shows and talk about betting like that it does like leave them open for criticism and leave like um a doubt in people's minds i suppose sometimes even if it doesn't exist now for the vast majority of people it will never exist but for some people it will and there will be we as i've seen with the premier league uh you know seeing premier league players and with other sports down through years snooker is a big one for it and other things as well and i think basketball in america isn't always like point shaving and things like that um it will be left for open for interpretation i suppose it will anyway will this actually defect from it? maybe not but at least if it is uh a known thing and the education is out there not to do it then people Maybe less like you. But anyway, I said I'd definitely talk about that at the start of this because it's big news uh, in the betting world this week and uh, something which I'm sure we'll be hearing more about uh, in the uh, in the upcoming uh, future as I just uh, turn off my heater here. It's, it's October now and it's pure winter. It's pure winter here, so I'm like, I need to get my heater on here out in the office and, you know, warm myself up. But anyway, we'll get into the bets. And a few, we have a few warm, hot bets here. And the first one to start off, very interesting first bet this week. I'm going for Petr Jan to win by TKO KO, and that's plus 300. Jan is fighting Aljamain Sterling, and anyone who listens to any of my podcasts or here has heard me talk about this card or this fight knows that I am a massive fan of this fight. And I know some people don't like it just because it is, I suppose, the 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 champion in waiting. A lot of people would say a lot of people would say Jan is the best fighter still in that division, even. Uh, the the last two fights with Aljamain went the way they did with the first one being the, the DQ and the second one obviously being a very close uh, decision but uh, I like the fact that what this is right is the uh, and let me just finish that first sentence as well and I think a lot of people don't believe O'Malley is ready for that spot yet against someone that good right now what I like about this is what I complain about with say Justin Gaethje all the time he gets to a title fight, loses it, and then like expects to be the number one contender immediately again, or even after one fight, gets there again, loses again, and now immediately again expects to be the number one contender again. I would like to see, say, someone like Gaethje, and I'm just taking Gaethje as an example, but if Gaethje wants to get another title shot, let's, let him fight number five, let him fight number three, let him fight the number one contender, and then he's earned the title shot back. That's what I believe Jan is kind of doing here. Very quickly, like there's a title fight on the same card, very quickly back in fighting the next up and coming very good contender in a match to get back his place which I love right and in the other side he's given the opportunity to O'Malley but O'Malley's also taking the opportunity in a very very tough fight 
The big problem for Sean O'Malley, a lot of people were saying, and he said it himself, it's like, I'm not going to be taking these fights for this uh, this amount of money and all of this. And it felt like he wasn't taking the big fights and just trying to get the, the clout or whatever. Now, I think he got a new contract, didn't he? Uh, and he's taking the big fights or maybe has to take the big fights for it. But either way, he's gone from someone who either wasn't given the big fights, didn't want the big fights, to taking arguably the hardest fight in the whole division. And I love that. I love like this is the sort of fight that turns you into a, a fan favorite, win or lose, possibly. And if you win and you win well, it turns you into a possible fan favorite, but also it gives credence to all the hype you've ever had. So this is why I love the fight, and it's a perfect fight. Now, the bet, let's get into the bet. Um and with all that said, I still do think it's a really tough matchup for Sean O'Malley. Do you know what I think the biggest problem here is? And it's something which is going to take a while to kind of get out of my thinking when I think about Sean O'Malley fights, when I'm betting on Sean O'Malley fights. It's, I just think against the toughest guys in the toughest matchup, I'm not sure his physicality is going to stand up. Like we saw the Vera fight, we've seen other fights where he's been injured and things have happened. I just feel like in a fight against the toughest guy in the division... Who will the nastiest guy in the division as we saw two fights ago? Will Sean O'Malley stand up to that nastiness? Like, will he stand up to the the ability from Peter Yan to land in the break? Will he will his physicality, will his body be able to stand up to that? That is my first major question. Now we can get into the breakdown and we can talk all about I could talk about that for an hour. And I'm sure, you know, many people on a previous shows and all of that will. I, I'll do a bit of it here, maybe, but that's the I think that's the one major key when I've gone through everything else I think that could be the key now in the other parts of it as well that is the key but I th- because I think Jan will have success in lots of other areas if not all other areas like I think Jan will be able to close the distance against O'Malley he struggled at times against uh, Aljamain Sterling absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever um and it, he's he hasn't struggled in the past in that manner now why did he struggle against sterling what was the difference did was it did the first fight play into the second fight was it a tactical issue i i would tend to think it was that would be my take and now maybe i'm wrong maybe he'll come in here and he won't look the same fighter again and maybe maybe we blew him up too much maybe he isn't as good but i i don't think so i think he is a really really good fighter and i think it was a tactical error and that with along with sterling fighting very very well obviously so I think Jan will be able to cut off the cage. I think he'll be able to make him pay. I think the way Sean O'Malley wins this fight is to win it from from depth. I think he needs to keep this a long um, outside fight and picking off Jan from there. And as I said, if Jan can close that distance, that's I don't think O'Malley's going to win it on the inside. I think Jan is going to lock him up, put him against the cage, land some big shots, or just land shots in close against him. And when I say put him up against the cage, it could be with a clincher, it could be just with footwork in terms of pushing him back against the cage, landing leg kicks, landing shots like that, and taking the fight uh, away from uh, from Sean O'Malley. And I've gone for the finish because of the first point they made again. Will O'Malley be able to stand up to that for three rounds? I find, I find it hard to see because... If Jan wins this fight, I think he's going to need to close that distance early. And that's going to be 15 minutes of him closing the distance. And he's going to have to land hard shots to close that distance to have that success. So that's going to be hard shot after hard shot after hard shot after hard shot for 15 whole minutes. Can O'Malley stand up to that? 
That's a big question. That is a big question. And uh, my answer would be no. My answer would be no. So I'm going for a yen. And that's my take in a plus 300. It's a big bet. It's a big bet, big price. But Yan plus 300 to win by TKO. KO uh, is the bet I'm going for there. Um, now, I have a bet in the coming event as well and in the main event. But I will leave them for another second here. Uh, and I will go for my next bet is, uh, is Sean Brady. At minus 140. Now, let me just check the lines again, uh, just in case that has moved or anything here. And I will run through all the bets towards the end anyway. He's actually, just looking at it here, he's actually minus 130 now. So since uh, since last night, he's actually gone into minus 130. So that's uh, that's interesting. And you know what? I, th- I kind of thought he would... And I think that price will continue to go in. I think it'll get uh, closer and closer, and it wouldn't make me more likely to bet on him if that uh, if that is the case. Um, I think this is a wonderful fight. I, it's a really, really wonderful fight. I absolutely love this fight. And do you know what? I think it's going to come down to power and strength here. I really do. I I have an awful feeling that. Brady is going to have the advantage in defensive wrestling. And I think it could you remember we all remember that, that Cheeto Vera fight a fight recently. Who was it? Was it Rob Font? Where yeah, it was Rob Font, wasn't it? Font is winning and winning and winning, and then Vera landed the big shot late to take the round. And that happened multiple times throughout the fight. Now, I don't think that that'll be exactly like this. But I feel like you know, we we have uh, we have an analysis here in uh, in our our uh, local GA games here that some teams find it a lot easier to score than others, right? So some field teams can run up the field, get a goal, very easy. Sometimes teams have to pass here, pass it there, pass it there. They have to defend here. They have to rob from someone there, and then they get a goal. You know, and I feel like uh, Brady will find it easier to score than Bilal Muhammad will. I think. Balal is going to struggle big time to get Brady to the floor. I think it's going to be an issue. Now, he's been training with Habib and he's been training with all that crew. So has his wrestling improved? It would be hard for it not to train him with all those guys and has improved anywhere before that. But O'Malley's rest are, are uh, Brady. Sorry, I'm, I'm always going to mistake Brady and O'Malley. Sorry, just, there's three Shans here and there's, there's, there's too many of us. But uh, I just think Brady's wrestling and his strength will it will alleviate that right that that's my call on it that it will and if it does i think it's a massive advantage because if he can put a takedown himself on that and if brady can take Bilal down well that's game set and match nearly there i think it really really is because brady is so good on top so strong on top lands that ground upon and he also what well, you know what he's really good at as well he's really good at timing the takedown in the fight now, not timing necessarily, you know, someone throws a bunch of dips under, times it, take it on. I mean timing it like the fight's going a certain way, he gets a takedown, he changes that fight. Or he just, the fight's going his way, his way, his way, then he gets a takedown, it's even further his way, and you stop the comeback. I think he is excellent at doing that, Sean Brady. And if he can do that here against Bilal Muhammad, I think it's going to be big. Now that's, I've only talked about wrestling there so far, and I do think that'll be a major part of it. Even if there are no takedowns, I think not having takedowns will be a major part of it. On the feet, I find it very interesting, and I'll go back to the easier to score part again. I think Brady will find it easier to land big 
expansive shot than Mohammed will. I think he hits harder than Mohammed. I think his shots look harder than Bilal Mohammed's. And I think Bilal, like, <laughs> Sean Brady's a very good technical fighter, really good. But Bilal has improved so much. I wouldn't rule Bilal out at all in terms of, let's say, winning a, a 15 minute decision. It's a very close fight, as I said. The, the betting lines are very, very close. I wouldn't rule that out with Bilal at all. But I also wouldn't rule out Bilal winning like 12 minutes of the fight. Brady landing three big punches and winning 30-27, if you get me, you know? And that is kind of the reason I've gone for this, because I give him that advantage of being able to get score, which is most important on the feet, and also having the advantage on the ground. Now, maybe he won't in either area, but that's my call. And if, if it was my call for Bilal, I'd go for Bilal in the betting, but it isn't. And I think those are the two major... Uh, parts of the fighters, you know, they are in every fight, the, I suppose, the wrestling and the striking. And I just, I just think Brady will nick it. I really do. So, Sean Brady minus 130. That is my uh, my second bet. Beck bet for the week. My uh, third bet, I'm going for um, Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. Algerman Sterling and TJ Dillashaw and the Bantamweight title fight to go to a decision. And that's minus 180. <coughs> now, Obviously, that, that isn't the biggest price in the world. But minus, minus 180, I think, is is a good price for that. Um, if you look at, say, the, the recent fights for for both of them, Aljamain Sterling's last fight obviously went to a, a split decision. It was a, a disqualification before that. The San Diego one, okay, was a, um, a quick finish. But then you had the Munoz fight before that was a decision. Uh, Rivera fight, he went to decision with Brett Johns. He went to precision with Barrow going back through the years as well. Now, TJ obviously hasn't been um, been fighting too much recently. But his last fight was a decision against San Diego. And I just think, like, TJ obviously had a long kind of run of... Uh, you, know, you know, decisions before, I suppose, he got to the, the big Cody fights and we know what happened uh, in those and we obviously know what happened in the Henry fight as well. Now, it's at that weight class as well where, you know, they're a lower kind of weight class, it's more likely to go to a decision, I suppose. The, the, the one thing I think here and why I think it will go to a decision is I feel like TJ will have slowed down a little bit He's get, like I always put it up. TJ Dillashaw is older than Jose Aldo, and sometimes people forget that. You know, he's what is he? Thirty six years of age, and I feel like if he, if he's look, if this fight gets finished, if I was looking at prime TJ against prime Aljamain, and maybe it will be prime TJ. There's nothing to suggest it won't, right? Apart from the injury, the two years out with EPO before that, and uh, the good, if not great, performance against uh, San Diego, wasn't it? Yeah, last time out. I think the most likely way this fight finishes, I, I think there's two ways. If Aljamain like gets TJ in a very vulnerable jiu-jitsu position where he can get a submission, or if TJ lands a big knockout, I think I think it's less likely TJ gets a big knockout at this stage of his career. And I think TJ is very good on the ground, very good at getting on top, very good at wriggling out. And I, I, I f- it could happen, but I don't think he'll get in like a really vulnerable position against Aljamain on the ground. Now, he'll probably get into a vulnerable position at some stage to fight Aljamain Sterling and not get into that uh, is going to be tough. But I, I think Aljamain, a lot of the times, especially against someone this good, would need to like hit him hard, hurt him to get him in that vulnerable position to submit him. Now, he might do. He absolutely might. Five rounds of fighting could happen. But I do see this one being a very tactical fight. And I think if it's that tactical of a fight and if TJ is a little bit slower, I think it's going to be a, 
a slow enough paced fight uh, I think there's going to be a lot of try- lads trying to pick each other off from the outside I think there's going to be a lot of Sterling trying to get um, takedowns when he can and I think there's going to be a lot of TJ like being very defensive on the ground if he does get say held down or, or taken down uh, you know uh, against the Finch maybe or whatever or even if he does get taken down I think he could push against the Finch and there could be a lot of clinching in this one I, I just see like <clears throat> you in the, uh, John Lineker is, is uh, fighting this weekend right and you look at John Lineker and at the same similar weight class and fighters like him and like how, how are, they, are those fights finished it's when they come inside and throw those big bombs do you see like Sterling and Dillashaw being an inside fight where there's big bombs thrown not really. So I, I think this one is going to a decision. I really do. I, I think I think Sterling will win, but I'm not 100% sure. So I've just gone for a decision, and, and I will leave it at that, I suppose. Minus 180. Sterling and TJ goes to the decision. Now, the next fight, I'm going for the opposite. And, and, and not quite the opposite, but I'm going for under two and a half rounds for Krilov and Ozdemir. And this is minus 145. And I think this is a great price. Uh, we had the uh, the Minifield fight last week, and uh, I gave that as one of my bets. I, I believe uh, I think it was plus one oh five or something like that to win by TKO KO. Um, I, I had a, I had a couple of quid on that, so it was very very good. It was it was great to, to earn a bit of money back, um, and I feel like this is going to be a similar sort of fight. Let me just look at the straight up betting in this one again here. Odemir is the underdog. I was tempted to go with Odemir. I just feel like sometimes Odemir is one of these guys, right? And we all know him in all different sports. Sometimes they come out and they just go hell for leather and they're an absolute world beater. And sometimes they're not. And you know what? Nikita Krylov is the same. He really is the same. You know, they're, they're like tan- Targaryens. You flip a coin and <laughs> one of them's good and one of them's bad. And I feel like, and like, this is a very, very plain reason why I'm going for this to finish inside it. To be, to be a surprising if both of them had a bad night, you know. But it'd be surprising if both of them had a good night too, if you get me. So what I'm betting on here, and this is this is bro betting if I ever if I, if I ever heard it. But I'm betting on one of them to have, to have a good night, and one of them to have a bad night, and someone to get finished. I have a sneaky feeling it's going to be Odemir who's going to get the win. I just. I know Krilov has improved an awful lot recently, you know, and he hits hard, he's resting is better than it once was. But Odemir, sometimes he just, he surprises you, you know, and he comes out and he lands those big shots and he t- he can take the fight away from lads. He really, really can take the fight away from lads at times. Like if you look at him, uh, was it, it was Paul Craig last time, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I know that went to a decision and he's had a couple of fights go to a decision already. But he also, you know, he can get finished and he can finish, him, finish himself, you know. He's had how many? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 fights out of 24 finish inside the distance. That's that's a pretty good rate, to be fair. That is a very, very good rate. And Krilov himself, you know, Krilov is, what, 37 fights now, and all but three of them have finished inside the distance. So that's a big finishing rate if you add the two of them up. For that one to finish between two guys like that inside the distance, uh, or, or under two and a half rounds, I think that's pretty good at minus 145. I think that's... And I, I like that price a lot. Right. Uh, to the main event for my flyer of the week. And I was very surprised to see this price. Honestly, when, when I looked it up, um, I, I like to look up sometimes the who I think will win and then the most likely outcome for me and see can I just get an, an easy bet from that, right? 
and this is not an easy bet. Don't go, don't get me wrong, but this is to me the most likely outcome, and it's Makachev to win by decision, and that's plus four twenty five. And I, I couldn't believe it, it's that high of a price. I really, really could not believe that this fight was that high of a price for, for Makachev, who is the favourite. He is the favourite in this fight. And it's it's very, very interesting how they how they see the betting on this and how it is uh, uh how how it's lining up. And obviously we'll go through the fight and we'll talk about uh we'll talk about each you know the the price for the finish and the price for decision and everything like that in a second. But my breakdown of this fight is is Charles Oliveira for the last while, right? Has been has tur- look. He's turned into a, uh, a carefree striker because he knows his ground game is so good, and because he knows his striking game is now really, really, really dangerous. Right, so he can afford to throw and. and this is not something new with Charles Oliveira, right? Anyone who's watching MMA knows Fabricio Verdum has been doing this for years. Jacare has been doing this for years. How many times has Fabricio Verdum jumped up with high kicks and fallen on his arse? Oh my God, oh, he fell over. He's fallen over on purpose. So you go, you know, come into my gorge. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've seen that down there. He absolutely is doing that. And it's a great, it's an intelligent, smart, brilliant tactic. If you can trick someone into doing that. Um, trick Mikachev into doing that though, you know? Because if you trick Makachev to do that, he'd be going, he go, okay, here I, here I come. I'm coming into your guard. And you know what? I'm going to pass your guard. I'm going to get into half guard and I'm going to hold you there for the next three and a half minutes, four minutes. And you're not going to be able to get up. You're not going to be able to use your jiu-jitsu and I'm going to win this round. Do you know what? Come on, do the same in the next round. Do it then. Come on, do the same in the next round. Come on, do the same in the fourth. You won't do the same in the fourth because you'll be so tired. I'm just going to be able to take you down with a double leg and in the fifth again. And that's how I see this fight going, really. It's really as simple as that. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the striking will be enough for Oliveira in this fight. But if you look at past Oliveira fights, he was able to um, he was able to open up with the striking because nobody is going to take him down because they're afraid of his jiu-jitsu, right? I think we'd all agree with that. Gave him openings on the feet where he could basically strike and everyone else is trying to fight an MMA match. And if it did go to the ground, we know how it's going to go. In this one, can he open up in a way that will get him taken down against someone with the wrestling of Makachev? Can he Can he afford to do that? Is his jiu-jitsu good enough to beat the best wrestler in the division on the ground? Is it good enough? Now, if it is, he'll have another easy night. Because he'll throw out his big strikes, Makachev will take him down, and he'll triangle him or armbar him or whatever it might be. Absolutely. I'm not betting on jujitsu. At this stage, at this stage, at 2022 in MMA, we're nearly 2023. Uh, I, I'm really betting on Makachev. I, I like I think the, the difference here as well with Makachev is I think he obviously he has very good jujitsu and he's a very good striker as well. So it's it's not like some guy who's gone in there with terrible striking. He can strike, he can jab, he can move all around, he can do all different things. Uh, and I, I, I really, really, I really think Oliveira is going to have to do something very different. Now, that doesn't mean Oliveira won't do something very different. By no means am I saying Makachev is definitely going to win or anything like that. But if I'm looking at this and past this prologue and I've seen the way both of these guys have fought over the last while, I, I, I think I, I kind of have to pick Makachev here. 
I think I do. But I saw someone was saying this earlier in the week, and it, it might be a mad thing to think of it, but like someone said, if Charles Oliveira wins this fight, he's the greatest lightweight of all time. And I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I really, really wouldn't, because there there's certain fights... There's certain fights I you could say maybe Kane versus JDS in a couple of those fights or you know whatever maybe would the the four fight coming up here in the flyweight division or say McGregor versus uh, versus uh, Diaz when he went up and it looked like a terrible matchup and a terrible weight class and he still wanted like career defining massive wins after other career defining massive wins that you know that can change what people think of you as a legend of the sport. And that could be very well what we see here from Charles Oliveira. Very well could. Absolutely. I'm not saying that couldn't happen at all. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And, uh, you know, if I'm the betting man, I'm betting on Makachev. And if my call for how he's going to win is by decision. And uh, at plus 425, I think that's a great flyer for the week. Plus 425, Makachev, via decision. All right, let's take a closer look at... Let's take a closer look at some of the other fights in the garage. I sound like Mike Goldberg or something. Um, as I promise, let's take a closer look at the main event, first of all. So, straight up betting here. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of variation in this betting. A lot of variation in that betting. Plus 168 for Oliveira, minus 193 for, for Mikachev. Honestly... I know I'm picking Makachev and I'm picking him to win. I wasn't expecting that line to be that. I was expecting people to say, all right, well, who's Makachev beaten? He hasn't beaten anyone yet. Charles Oliveira has beaten everyone in his wake. Charles Oliveira should be the favourite. I, I was honestly, I was sure Oliveira would come into this fight the favourite, but he isn't. He really isn't. So I think I think people are probably seeing what I'm seeing as well. The over-unders here. Uh, let's look at two and a half rounds. The over two and a half rounds plus 120. Ooh, I think, geez, I think that's a great bet. I think that's a great bet. Minus 163 for the under. Uh, over three and a half rounds plus 175. think that's a good bet too, honestly. I, honestly, I, I was thinking, right, if this fight goes the way I'm expecting, I think it'll either be a late finish or the decision. Um, and the late finish, we, we'll get it, I suppose we'll get into it here. The fight won't start round five, minus 310. Fight starts round five plus two fifteen. Um so we'll get into the, the props here for the TKO KO. Oliveira to get the TKO KO plus five hundred. So if you fancy Oliveira to get the the big knockout, that's probably the way he's gonna win if he is gonna win, plus five hundred. Fancy for the submission, plus three fifteen. Makachev KO plus four hundred. Makachev uh by submission is plus one eighty five. Against Charles Oliver. Now, Charles, if I'm not mistaken, let me just look at it here again. Charles has been, uh, he has been caught uh, a few times. He has been submitted a few times. Uh, but still, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it could be head and arm choking or, or something like that. He has, yeah, Charles has been submitted three times. So it's not like, uh, it's not like he can't be submitted. But, uh, you know, that's, that's a tough line there. For that one, I suppose. Oliveira wins a decision, plus 1,000. And obviously plus uh, 425 for uh, Makachev. Another, uh, as, as the rain pours here in, in uh, beautiful West Limerick, another flyer I was looking at, I was saying late, right? So if, if, 
fancy him a catch of late. Round four plus 1,100. Round five plus 1,400. So one of them, if you're looking for two or three quid to throw away into a flyer, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say one of them isn't the great flyer. So yeah, very, very interesting some of those bets there. Um let's move on and talk about and there's there's a lot of bets and there's a lot of uh you know a lot of props there for, for this weekend. Yannan O'Malley. Um the betting on that one is is pretty interesting too. Yan is minus six uh six uh, sorry, minus two sixty five, minus two sixty five. O'Malley, plus two two five. Uh, obviously, Yan a pretty a pretty smooth favorite there. Fight to go to a decision, minus one seventy. Fight doesn't go to a decision, plus one forty. So the people, the betting uh, company believes that this one is going to a decision. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure on that one. Uh, if you fancy O'Malley to get the knockout, plus five fifty. Uh, if you fancy Yan to get the knockout, plus two fifty, um, but uh, sorry, plus three hundred. As uh, obviously, as I said, it some places two fifty. I see in one place here has it, uh, and if you go looking for it, obviously you can find it up as up as far as plus three eighty, plus three eighty for Yan to win by TKO KO. Very very interesting, and I would. Uh, <laughs> I'd definitely be sneaking that one out if if I was you. I I, I like that bet a lot. Um, the fight, uh, O'Malley wins inside the distance just, so Tika or submission, um, plus 5.40, and the same for Perian is plus uh, 2.10, plus 2.10 on that one. Very, very interesting lines there, lads. Very interesting altogether. And uh, I just I just wonder, will that be one of those fights that we look back on and think, Mm, I missed out on maybe a big bet there, but I suppose we will see. Darius and Garmat, what a fight this is! Uh, let me just see the, the TJ betting here in a second. We we'll get we we'll get to we we'll, we leave that for last. We we'll get to TJ and Sterling. We we'll leave that last. Darius Garmat, do you know what I'm picking? Darius here plus one sixty five minus one ninety for Garmat. Uh, look, I, I discussed this in a podcast I did earlier in the week, and I kind of talked myself out of picking Darius. If I'm being honest, I think Garmat's a better all round fighter, but I just. I don't know why I have a feeling Darius is going to catch him. I have an awful feeling Darius is going to catch him. If you think that too, Darius by KO uh, is plus 600. Plus 600. Very interesting fight. Chukagan against Firo. You know, plus 167 for Chukagan, minus 192 for Firo. If you're betting on that one, if you're betting on that one, there's only one bet really to, 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 to get on that one, and that is Chukagan to win by decision. Plus 240. Chukagan by decision. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Maybe she won't win. Maybe she won't win. But if she does, you'll be kicking yourself if you didn't bet Chukagan plus 240. I think Firo is a better fighter all around. But God almighty, there's a few better fighters I thought went in there against Chukagan and ended up losing the decision. Very interesting. Mohamed Brady, we talked about that already. Uh, minus 130 for Brady, plus 110 for Mohamed. So close. I see him one place here. He's plus one, or sorry, plus 100, yeah. So this, by the time this fight starts, it could be an even fight. Looking at the betting here, Mohamed started at minus uh, 225. And he, geez, he's eight. Uh, he went out to plus, what did he go out to? Plus one. Plus 115, now into plus 100 again, into plus 110 in some places. I think this one is going to go back and forth. That's the closest fight in the card for me. Great fight. Uh, Bahalio, I can't believe he's only minus 180, minus 190 in some places against Muradov. I really like Bahalio. I think he's a top prospect, uh, and I'm going for him in that one. Krilov and Odzimir. 
Uh, obviously, I gave the bet for that one, the straight up betting in that one, plus 146. I'm going for Odds in that at, pl- at the plus money, minus 171 for uh, Krilov. Uh, Lucas Almeida against Tahugov. Tahugov is the favorite at minus 155, plus 135 uh, ish, around that anyway, for Almeida. Uh, Abubakar Nurmagomedov, minus 170, plus 145 for Gadzi Omar Gadziev. Um, Interesting close fight there. I'd probably go for Nurmagomedov. AJ Dobson and Petrosian. Never know with Petrosian, to be honest. Minus 191, plus 166. I'd probably take the underdog there, maybe. I don't know. Um, Malka Gard, Mikhaev. Obviously, Mikhaev, one of the biggest prospects in the sport. He's over plus 1,000 uh, in all, but maybe one. Uh, betting office here, plus 800 uh, for uh, Malka Gard. Minus 1,000, I hope I said there, not plus. Uh, Rosa Landsberg, then. Landsberg is the underdog, plus 273, minus 333 for Rosa. And then the other title fight, so close again. Sterling, minus 182, favorite, plus 157 for Dillashaw. Fight goes to decision, minus 180, as obviously as we spoke about, to finish inside the distance, plus 150. So the betting, obviously, is, is going with uh, with my call there. If you fancy Sterling to get the KO, TKO, plus 1,100. Like, if TJ Dillashaw is not the fighter he used to be, I could see that happening, or I could see a Sterling submission at plus 390. Sterling inside the distance, then if you fancy that, plus 300. That plus 300 bet there is not bad, I don't think, if the wrong TJ Dillashaw shows up. I have a feeling he will a bit, but I don't think he's going to be shot, so I like the decision there. Uh, Sterling by decision, plus 115. I was going to go for that, but, you know, I like the minus 180. I like the minus 180. Dillashaw decision, plus 300. If you fancy Dillashaw to get the big knockout, um, he is plus 450. It's surprisingly big, I would say, there. But some very, very interesting betting there. I suppose the whole way up through the card, but uh, in that fight as well. Um, there's Road to the UFC this weekend as well. Not you know, not many big names, I suppose, on that. Uh, and there is, uh, what else? They're brave coming up this weekend. Brad Katona, who's obviously fighting out of Ireland. He's fighting uh, Gamzat Megamedov. You know, Katona has won a few fights being the underdog recently. He's plus 200 on that one. So that's an interesting one. Uh, to look at there as well but bumper edition of the betting show this week and you know why because it's an absolutely great card uh, but we will leave it there I will just quickly recap the bets again before I go Yan by KOTKO plus 300 Brady straight up at minus 130 Sterling and TJ to go to decision minus 180 um to finish inside two and a half rounds minus 145 and the flyer of the week Mikachev wins by decision at plus 425 over Charles Oliveira for the vacant title in the main event. All right, everyone, I will leave it there. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Let me know what you're betting on. Comment section below. Give me your one bet for the week. Everyone, we'll recap them next week if we get enough of them. So leave them in the comment section below and return next week to see uh, who won and who was the smartest better on uh, on Shardog.com. We will leave it there. I am Sean Sheen for that beautiful website of Shardog.com. Enjoy the fights this weekend. See you all next time.